You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. Teach your children about God. Teach them. Admonish them. Help them learn. They are the next generation coming in. They are the next one. Should the Lord tarry? Should the Lord tarry? We need to be teaching our children about God. Don't leave it up to the schools. They've dropped that football a long time ago. Don't leave it up to the church. Do not leave it up to the church. It is your responsibility as parents to teach your children. Soon after Joshua's death, the people of Israel began to stray from their godly heritage. The reason is because the parents failed to teach the next generation about the things the Lord had done. In today's message, Pastor David admonishes parents to not make the same mistake Israel did, but to teach their children about Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dave with part three of today's message, Choose This Day, from the book of Joshua, chapter 24. When you're in ministry, do you give it your all or you just uh, lackadaisically do this and do that? That's not how it works. It says in sincerity, with a sincere heart, not hypocritically. We don't serve him hypocritically. One translation means faithfulness. Once again, a picture of us being faithful to God who has been extremely faithful to us. How do we serve God with faithfulness? How do we serve God in sincerity and truth? Well, first of all, he says, put away the idols. Put away those things that are on top of the list before God. Get rid of them. Put them away. Get rid of them. Children, jobs, spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, ministry, all those things that want to take that top spot. All good in and of themselves, please. But God wants us to worship him. Secondly, We make love the priority of our lives. We hide the truth from others in our heart about the things we've placed before God. He says in sincerity and in truth, don't hide it. Don't hide the things that we're doing in secret. Like you're trying to fool me. You can. What good does that do you? I fooled the pastor. Great. We hide the truth in our hearts. We can't hide these things from God. We can't hide these things from God. Victorious Christians, they had to do all this on their own. We've been given a helper. We've been given someone to lead us and guide us and to empower us to be able to do these things. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he's been given to us that we can now do these things under his influence by yielding to him. And we can now do these things. Because before them, I'm helpless. I'm helpless to do them without the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now. I know about you. I don't have that much strength. I'm very weak. He says, put away these things. That's pretty strong words. Put them away. Put them away. When I first got saved, I didn't say anything wrong with taking a drink now and then. I didn't think anything wrong with having a beer. And I had liquor in my house even after I got saved. We used to have a liquor cabinet, or actually it was a, a, a microwave stand 
And it had this little thing on there. that, had, And we had all our liquor stored there. And I used to study the Word of God right beside it. I used to study the Word of God right beside it at a table in Ocean City. And I'd be studying the Word of God. And I don't know how long it was. I can't tell you how long it was because I don't remember. But all of a sudden, I'm studying the Word of God. I went, what's wrong with this picture? That was it. That was it. I got up and went to the sink and emptied every bottle out. I emptied every bottle out. I didn't want anything to come between me and my God. I didn't want nothing to come between me and my God. And again, you can argue with me all day long that the Bible says we can take a drink. Absolutely. You're right. There's scripture there. It's fine. That was me. That's me. Put those things away. And again, once again, this is not a suggestion, folks. Put those things away that are above me, he's saying. Put them away. This is a command. This is a command. And you know what they call disobeying a command? Sin. This is a command. You shall have no other gods before me. In verse 15, beautiful verse. It seems evil, he says. What do you mean it seems evil? Well, if you're serving foreign gods, if you're doing other things and God's not number one in your life, it is going to seem evil to serve him because you're believing the lie of Satan. And Satan's going to say, wait a minute, what about all these other things? Has God really said you shouldn't do this? Satan's lies hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden. It's the same thing. Has God really said that? Oh, come on. We live in liberal times. Come on. God hasn't said that. And that's all it seems evil to us. He says, choose. Choose. Wait a minute. You mean I have a choice? You mean I have free will? Oh, now here's a whole new subject. I have free will? Oh, you mean I'm not a robot? No, I've given you a brain. I've given you a mind, and I want you to choose. See, the way I look at it is I want my beautiful wife to love me because... She really wants to love me and has chosen to love me. Likewise, I'm sure she wants me to love her because I have chosen to love her, not because I'm forced to love her. That's what God's saying. Choose. Hey, you want to serve those bad boys on the other side of the river? Hey, have at it. Choose who you're going to serve. Why? Because everybody will serve somebody. Everybody will worship something or someone. Everybody will. We were born that way. But we have been created to serve our God. But what do those wandering eyes see? Look at that grass over there. Grass here looks pretty burnt. I don't know. Look at that grass over there. It looks pretty green to me. Oh, boy, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there. And so many people tell me, well, we're going here. We're going there. I'm going, okay. But remember, when you're driving down the road, look in the rearview mirror because there's a U-Haul with all your problems and all the things that you did here going right with you. Oh, no. Lord's giving me a new start. Okay. You know what I said to that? Let me know how that works out for you. He says, choose today. And may I add, choose tomorrow, choose the next day, and choose the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that, until the Lord comes and takes us. Choose this day. What a wonderful example. you got to love this guy. 
I mean, you really got to love this guy. He's 110 years old. He is 110 years old and he's still being a pastor to his flock. He's saying, I don't care what you guys are doing. I'm going to serve the Lord, me and my whole family. He's 110. He probably has got 957,000 kids, but they're all going to serve the Lord. They were prolific back then. They were going to serve the Lord. What an example of a great father. What an example of a great father. As for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I love that. I love that. I just love it. The people respond to this challenge. I better move ahead. In verse 16 through 18. So the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us out and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went along and all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Great statement. Great, wonderful statement. Israel, you might have it right. Far be it from us. Look what the Lord has done for us. I have people who say the same thing to me. Far be it from me. I want to be a church. I want to come in fellowship with the believers. I want to get involved in ministry. I want to do this and I want to do that. I never see them. I I never see them. The worst thing the person can say to me when they're new to the fellowship, when they first walk through those doors, man, I really like it here, brother. I'm going to be back every single Sunday. We'll see you. I've had more people come and tell me that, and then you never see them again. I had a couple come last year. A couple come last year, and I met with them for over an hour. They wanted to get married on November 7th. They probably still want to get married on November 7th, and I don't know who's doing the wedding. And all the time, they kept on saying, well, we love it here. This is great. They haven't seen anything yet, but they heard me talk. Oh, yeah, and I play the bass, and I do this, and I'm going to be here. We'll see you, Pastor. This is great. We're one. I introduced them to Frank. We showed them all around. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> I've never seen them again. I've never seen hide or hair them again. That's what's happening here. You know, I want to serve the Lord, but our hearts aren't in it. Our hearts just aren't there. Everybody's saying the right thing. God has done this. God has done that. God does this. Of course we want to serve him. And I love the next verse. I love the next verse. And I just, I just love Joshua because did he say this with a sense of humor? But I don't think he did. They need to be reminded that serving the God under the covenant that they promised to do with curses and blessings. Remember, curses and blessings that, hey, he's reminding them, hey, guys, this is great. There are many, many blessings here, but if you don't, uh, let's go to the curses. It's like I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is if you serve the Lord the way you're talking about, you will be blessed beyond belief. Uh, but the bad news is if you don't, uh, curses. What a warning. Jesus talked about total commitment to him in Luke 14. He talks about total commitment to him. And it's not that Jesus doesn't want followers. He wants disciples, but he wants real followers. He doesn't want the half-hearted people. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means I go to church, and every now and then I read my Bible. Well, that doesn't make you a Christian. Do you know Jesus? Well, yeah, I know of him. No, 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 no. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Is he the Lord of your life? See, that's what's happening. To express it in poker terms, 
God wants us all in. God wants us all in. He doesn't want half our stack. He doesn't want half our stack. He wants us to go all in. I'm all in for you, God. I'm all in right now. Here it is. Everything. Everything I have, I'm putting it up there. I'm giving you everything I got. Lord, right there. Here it is. All of me for all of you. I love it. What a trade. But Lord, you're getting a bad deal. He says, I don't care. I'll take it. He says he's holy and a jealous God. A jealous God. Holiness is not just an attribute. It's his essential attribute. The holiness of God is difficult because it's difficult of all the other attributes to explain, probably because it's one of the ones that he cannot share. God cannot share his holiness to us. And we will never be holy in this flesh. We will not be holy in this flesh. There's only one way and one way only that I will ever be holy. And that's on the coattails and by the blood of Jesus Christ. It was through Christ in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that we become the righteousness of God. Through Christ. This is an imputed holiness that Christ gives us. It's an imputed holiness. God's holiness separates him from other beings. It separates him and distinct from anything else. God's holiness is more than just perfection or sinless purity. It's the essence of his otherness. He says he's a jealous God. The Bible clearly teaches that he's a jealous God. In Exodus 20, verse 5, it says, You shall not bow down to them, which are other gods, or serve them, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. You all know the names of God. What's the name of jealous God? Elquana. Elquana. Q-U-A-N-N-A. Elquana. Our God is a jealous God. He commanded allegiance, and he commanded us to worship him alone. Alone. And he is jealous when you go after other gods. He's not jealous of the other god. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for you because he wants only you. Worship belongs to God, and he has a right to be jealous of it. This goes along with what Joshua is saying. So in verse 21, the people make their statement, and the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Now, verses 22 through 28, Joshua now is going to make a covenant with them. He's going to make them witnesses of what they've talked about. So Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with them that day. He made a covenant with the people that day. And made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua said to all the people, Behold, excuse me, then jo- I lost my place, I'm sorry. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up under the yoke as was the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us. For it has heard all the words of the Lord which he has spoken to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. The stone is going to be a witness. It's a binding covenant between them and God. You can read about it in Deuteronomy 19.15. The people of Israel are rededicating their lives to serving the Lord. And I think rededication is great. I think rededication is fantastic. To rededicate your life to serving our God. 
And he will accept you back into the fold. We're going to read about that this Sunday. You can rededicate your life. The children of Israel are doing that. We should never fall short of reestablishing the covenant that we made through God, through Jesus Christ, the blood-bought covenant. Three times the people of Israel confirmed the desire to serve the Lord. And Joshua, with the Lord being a witness, the greater witness than all of them, took it and made a covenant with them. He wrote it in the book of the law and said he sets a large stone as an everlasting witness to them. It's interesting. We're not going to get into this because of time, but you can go back through the book of Joshua and you can find that there are nine memorials that are built. Nine memorials that are built to God in the book of Joshua during the history of the nation. It's good to recall what God has done in our lives. It's good to see the things that God has done in our lives, but be careful that these things that he has done in the past don't become your object of worship. Be careful. Be careful. The Lord has given us a future. He's given us a hope. He's given Israel a future. He's given Israel a hope. And we must always be pressing onward. Living in the past on past accomplishments can become a religious tradition. It becomes very religious to us. It becomes a tradition. And it can be hurtful with our relationship with God. The book of Joshua finishes with three burials. Three burials. Let's read 29 through 33. Now it came to pass that after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnah, Sarah, which is the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Mark that with something. Verse 32, the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel had brought out of Egypt, they buried at Shechem in the plot of ground which Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver, which had become an inheritance to the children of Joseph. And Eliezer, the son of Aaron, died. They buried him in a hill belonging to Phinehas' son, which was given to him in the mountain of Ephraim. Three burials. Joseph is, Joshua is buried on his own property. Eliezer is buried on his son's property. And the promise of Genesis 15.25, the promise of Genesis 15.25 when Joseph told them to take their bones, when Joseph prophesied that they would leave Egypt, and he said, take my bones with you and bury me in the place of my father, comes to pass. God had kept his promises to these nations. All had come to pass. The children of Israel had sworn that they would be faithful to their God. The elders who served Joshua were faithful. But the people went astray. People weren't faithful. They went and served other gods. They went and served other nations. They worshiped other gods. Why? Why did they do that? I can tell you why. Turn over to Judges chapter 2. In Judges chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. Judges chapter 2, verse 6. And when Joshua had dismissed the people of Israel, and Israel went to each of his own inheritance to possess the land. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done in Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance at Tim the Hurst, in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of the Mount Gash, 
when all the generation had gathered through their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done in Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They served the Baals and forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherahs. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of the plunderers who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Let me leave you with this. And this is my challenge to you. This is my challenge to you from what I saw in Joshua 24. Love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your heart, and with all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. And teach your children. Teach your children about God. Teach them. Admonish them. Help them learn. They are the next generation coming in. They are the next one. Should the Lord tarry? Should the Lord tarry? We need to be teaching our children about God. Don't leave it up to the schools. They've dropped that football a long time ago. Don't leave it up to the church. Do not leave it up to the church. It is your responsibility as parents to teach your children, to teach your children's children about God, about Jesus Christ, our Savior, and what he did for them on a cross in Calvary thousands of years ago. That's my challenge to you as parents and grandparents. Some of us are great-grandparents. Do that according to God's word. Let our kids and our kids' kids have a fighting chance. Let them have a fighting chance to get to know this God of ours who we serve with all our hearts, whom we love dearly, who has changed our lives miraculously and has given us such a hope and a future in Jesus Christ. We need to pound that into our kids' heads and I don't know how we do it other than being obnoxious from time to time. But if you're a grandparent, you're allowed to do that. Surprise what you can get away with as a grandparent. We need to get our kids involved with the Lord. And we pray for them. We pray for them on a daily basis. We pray that they would somehow come to their senses and drop to their knees and cry out the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for them. That's my challenge to you. Don't let it end here. Don't let this be the end of it. Should the Lord tarry? That's our call. And I believe Joshua would say the same thing to you. Choose this day who you would serve. Let's be able to stand up like Joshua and say, we will serve the Lord. That's all the time we have for today on Cape Watch Radio. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've learned more about God's faithfulness throughout history and in your own life as well. Be sure to join us next time as Pastor Dave continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Joshua. We here at Cape Watch Radio would like to invite you to listen to more messages from Pastor Dave by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com. All Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. That website again is capewatchradio.com. If you'd like a CD copy of today's message, just send us an email with today's date to info at capewatchradio.com or give us a call at 609-884-5821. That number again is 609-884-5821. We'd also love to know more about you and find out how we can pray for you as you continue on your journey of faith. Sometimes we all need a little extra prayer. We're so glad you joined us today on Cape Watch Radio. We'd like to encourage you to keep studying the Word of God and making Him a priority in your day. We pray that as you continue to learn more about the God-infused journey of the nation of Israel in the book of Joshua, that God will show you the blessings and promises He has for your life. And be sure to join us again right here on Cape Watch Radio.